These are true stories from the files of the TV show Unsolved Mysteries. What you're about to hear is not a news broadcast, nor is it affiliated or officially associated with the TV show Unsolved Mysteries. Join me. Perhaps you can help solve a mystery. On June 12, 1985, Dottie Kaler was dropped off at a train station in Pleasant Hill, California by her husband, Jewel. And let me tell you, there was nothing pleasant about Jewel. I guess you could say he's a real Jewel. Her being at the train station by herself was a major feat for her due to suffering from agoraphobia and irrational overwhelming fear of being in public places. It's unknown if she actually boarded the train that day, but what is for certain, there has been no trace of her ever since. Something else that is for certain, Jewel is a major tool. Jewel claimed that the first few days he figured she left to make things inconvenient for him. First few days, I thought that she had left temporarily to, well, simply make things inconvenient for me. Immediately after Dottie's disappearance, friends wondered how someone so afraid of the unknown could just up and leave everything she had and everyone she knew. Some thought she left to escape an unhappy marriage and start a new life. As years went by with still no trace of her, suspicions turned towards Jewel. Dottie and Jewel was married in 1973. Jewel studied insects for the National Forest Service. According to Jewel, Dottie's agoraphobia caused her to stay inside most of the time. He said she couldn't even apply for a job, much less hold one down. Dottie had what doctors have called agoraphobia. She would stay inside most of the time. Uh, she couldn't even apply for a job, much less hold one down. It was a real problem. Dottie and Jill's marriage went sour, and in November 1981, things turned violent. Dottie told a friend they had gotten into an argument, which escalated to the point where Jill hit her with an object causing a wound to her head. Dottie then grabbed a pair of scissors to protect herself and told him to get away from her. Jewel's side of the story claimed that Dottie started the fight, cussed him out, then threatened to kill him with a pair of scissors. Jewel said out of self-defense, he hit her with a typing stand. He was standing over top of me with those scissors, swearing at me and saying, I'll kill you. You son of a bitch, I'll kill you. And I grabbed her little typing stand and hit her with it. In 1984, Dottie secretly joined a support group called Women in Transition. She attended meetings for over a year. Her friends in the group felt she made great progress and they began to notice positive changes to her outfits, hairstyle, and overall appearance. Jewel claimed he knew nothing of Dottie's secret life but was suspicious of her. A secret existence that I knew nothing about. And she wanted it that way. She pursued that. I only began to become aware of it, oh, near the time that she disappeared. I wasn't even aware of it. I was just suspicious. 
Dottie secretly rented a post office box so she could receive mail without Jewel's knowledge. She opened a personal banking account in her name and transferred $5,000 into a cashier's check. One month before she disappeared, Jewel told her he had accepted a job transfer out of state. Jewel claimed if he ever got transferred, Dottie was not interested in joining him, and he did not expect her to do so. Dottie had said, in the event that I got transferred, that she was not interested in going with me. So I wasn't expecting her to go with me, and wouldn't even have wanted her to, I guess. According to Jewel, on Wednesday, June 12, 1985, Dottie set off on an overnight trip. He drove her to the train station and dropped her off at the entrance. He claimed she had her purse and a small overnight bag with her when he dropped her off. However, he did not know if she ever boarded the train or not. I took her down to the BART station. She had with her a little overnight bag and I dropped her off. And she walked around the corner of the station and disappeared. Around noon the next day, Jewel got off at the train station and was surprised to find Dottie's Volkswagen next to his car. When he looked inside, he noticed her purse was in the passenger seat, which Dottie always kept with her. Over the next four days, Jewel left several notes on the car, talking about problems he was having with the house and for her to contact him. After Dottie had been missing for four days, a friend asked Jewel if he had gone to the police. When Jewel admitted that he had not, she urged him to report Dottie was missing. Five days after Dottie vanished, Jewel reported her missing to the transit police. The following day, making it six days later, the Concord Police Department was finally notified of her disappearance. Not by Jewel, but by the transit police. About a week later, Jewel moved to Salt Lake City. When the couple first met, Jewel used a fake name because he was already married and had a child. Plus, his fucking name is Jewel. The couple had discussed divorce, with Dottie staying in the house and Jewel moving out. At the time of Dottie's disappearance, Jewel was secretly engaged to another woman and unhappy about Dottie living in the house with him paying alimony. Dottie's sister hired a private investigator who was almost certain foul play was involved in Dottie's disappearance. Authorities also believe Dottie was met with foul play and is deceased. In 2004, Jewel, who has since remarried, was officially named by police as a person of interest in the case. You would certainly consider those around that person as being possible, possible suspects. No, that doesn't bother me at all. I suspect that she either uh, willfully disappeared and then was helped to permanently disappear or perhaps uh, just got in with the uh, the wrong person right at the start a 140 page search warrant affidavit included 29 reasons why police suspected Dottie was killed by Jewel some of the reasons include Dottie told friends she was afraid of Jewel and that he had been violent and abusive towards her Jewel was secretly engaged to another woman six months prior to Dottie's disappearance. Jewel had signed a contract on June 7th putting their house up for rent, five days before her disappearance. Jewel's story about finding Dottie's car didn't make sense if he's the one that dropped her off in the parking lot. Jewel told his fiance he had made a Herculean effort to be with her 
and it scared her so much she broke off the engagement. An anonymous letter described how Jewel killed Dottie and buried her body in a remote area. It was hell living with Dottie. It was hell having her disappear the way that she did. And yet, uh, since I've gotten here and gotten settled and into a new job and that whole problem is behind me, uh, things are really pretty good. In 2005, police searched Jewel and Dottie's former home for evidence. However, nothing was found and no charges have ever been filed. This case first aired on Unsolved Mysteries on November 29, 1987 and remains unsolved. Some of these stories remain unsolved. Perhaps someone out there listening holds the vital answer to solving the mystery. Perhaps it's you.